From Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, the Train with the Best podcast, I am Craig Hoffman, again solo uh, in terms of the host of this podcast, but only kind of. Uh, Chris is sick again, uh, but <laughs> there was once a third ghost yes. on this fine podcast. His name is Lorenzo Alexander, and he is here. Thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, I ain't seen you in a while, so it's always good to be able to catch up. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, life in Buffalo, uh, we were just catching up on the way over here. Life right. is good. Wife is good. Kids are good. Yeah. Um, how, how did you think the season went? Let's do the, we, I feel like that's what we do on this podcast, our annual season right, recap Right, you're just trying to ca- catch up and uh, plug back in. I, I think from a personal standpoint, um, I had a, a really productive uh, season, you know, whether you look at it from an analytics standpoint or a stat standpoint based on how I'm played and how they use me uh play really well you know had six and a half sacks about 70 tackles and just my biggest thing is being impactful and disruptive when I play and not necessarily all about the stats um but just helping my team win or putting us in good position so it was really fun after maybe having like a, a down year that first year making that transition going from a Rex Ryan defense to now a, a Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott style, you know, four three defense, and so really found my stride. The coaches understood what I what I brought to the table, being a versatile player, and I think things really meshed well. You know, we had the insertion of uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt mm-hmm. Milano took a step forward. Uh, we had a guy Levi Wallace, who's an undrafted corner out there playing, and then you have your, your staples, Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes, added Trent Williams or Trent Williams, Trent Murphy from mm-hmm. the Redskins, and. Mm-hmm. Our defense was dominant. Uh, you know, we were, I think, finished second in the league. And, and so that was very um, um, encouraging to be a part of a, of a unit. You know, team-wise, um, didn't do as well. We were 6-10, and 10, but the perspective could easily be different because we could have easily be, been 9-7. and seven. And when I say three plays made the difference, it was literally three plays, and that's how tight this league is. And so teams think of or people think of Buffalo being 6-10, and 10, Ah, they weren't that good, but if we were nine and seven, they'd be like, "Oh, they're on nice. the cusp of doing yeah. something special." So, um, but we want to be able to grow from there. Uh, you know, obviously Josh Allen, everybody knows about him and the playmaking ability, but just really looking forward to him growing as a pocket passer. Um, I thought he was a great playmaker last year, but yeah. just developing those skills that allow you to have longevity in this league, and and mainly that's from the pocket. Obviously, your legs give you another uh, dynamic. Thing that people have to prepare for and, it's, and it allows you to do more and then I'm looking forward to seeing what our front office does you know Brandon Bean has done a great job I think since being becoming a GM along with Sean and their relationship as far as bringing in high quality players through the draft which a lot of times has been seniors you think about uh, Tredavious White guys mm-hmm. that are a little bit older stay, stay in college longer uh, Harrison Phillips was another guy last year I thought did really well um, so adding up some more pieces in the draft since we're down here in Indy, so they're really getting a, a chance yeah. to see these guys up front, get a, a, a peek of who they are and, and what they bring from a, a I guess, just a, a skill set from, a, you know, what you do in shorts. Right. And then um, and then right after this, in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll be having free agency. So, you know, we have a lot of money to spend. So uh, it's going to be uh, exciting for us to be able to add pieces that's going to help us take the next step. No doubt. Um Obviously, Josh is the headline grabber. You take a quarterback in the first round. Right. And you guys had such an interesting year at the quarterback position with him going out and some of the other struggles that happened. <laughs> um, I hate to put you back in this to mental say, space. To, but say, to say the least, we had our struggle. I I'm think we were to... the worst offense in the history of the league for a while. 
Okay, so you were the worst offense in the history of the league for, for a while. Yeah. And while you're playing on a defense that was really good. Like, right. How do you stay focused week in and week out feeling like, oh my God, if we're not perfect, like we're screwed? Yeah, and, and, and that's part of the challenge, right? I, mean, I think we're all competitors out there and uh, people say that we were an elite defense, but out me and Kyle Williams, we were looking for more. You know, if you want to be in that echelon, and obviously we finished number two statistically, but I think we were probably probably further back in the pack as far as winning games. And when you look, think when I thought of teams like maybe like a, a Baltimore or a Houston team, where mm-hmm. their defense literally figured out ways to win games, whether it's creating a strip sack, uh, interception to the house, we weren't able to do that. So those are some things that I look at, you know, from our side that we could have done better. Was it frustrating? Did you want your office to do better? Yes, but within any family or any team atmosphere, everything is not going to go perfectly. And as a leader, it's up to me to keep my mind at ease so everybody around you doesn't panic as well. Because when they see guys that have been in the league for a long time or who, can, who are deemed your leaders, if I'm panicking or I'm upset, yelling at the offense, then you start everybody around you starts feeling that same way and yeah. you lose sight of your own job and then everything goes goes astray. So... I thought we did a great job from a leadership standpoint, keeping everybody, keeping things in perspective because we did have a a young nucleus of guys, Mm -hmm. obviously a young quarterback, and you want to be able to encourage and lead um, from a positive light because when you start pointing fingers and trying to call out guys, you're not doing this, that's just a dumpster fire. I've been around that. I've been through that, so I've learned from those mistakes as far as seeing other guys do that as a young player. And so – I hope that I'm doing a better job as far as leading when things aren't as bad because I think this team has a lot of potential to do something special next year. Um, with Josh and the unique skill set that he has, like you've been around this league a long time. Yeah. Like what's the craziest thing he ever did in a game practice? Obviously, there's probably things that drove you crazy. Right. But yeah. rookie, I mean, from an, uh, from an athletic standpoint. It's been a double-edged sword with some of the stuff because, you know, he's a playmaker, and I yeah. think more so with his legs than people even thought. Even me watching him in practice, OTAs, training camp, mini camp, I never really saw that dynamic. But then you see the dude running and then jumping over, uh, I think it was Anthony Barr or something like that uh-huh. in the Minnesota game, you know, Air Air, jo- Air, Air Josh, as they called him. <laughs> and you're like, man, that dude is dope. And then so it, I found myself throughout the season because, you know, I'm coming from a, a veteran, you know, perspective, what, a, what I think my quarterback should be doing, the yeah. decisions you should be making. Hey, kids, stay on the ground. I'm like, hey, get out of bounds, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, keep doing it. Do that, do that. You know, so I found myself doing that often just throughout the year but you know his um obviously his legs really shown his arm strength is ridiculous i mean i, I think for the first month of uh otas or minicamp i mean guys dbs were literally kind of jumping out the way if they could get their hand on a ball or even some of the receivers uh just his arm talent is just it's just crazy ridiculous to see some of the passes and throws he can make in tight windows and out you know off balance um, but I know for Josh, he wants to continue to grow as far as understanding uh, this playbook that uh, Brian Dable brought in last year. It's, you know, it's very, I won't say complex, but it's very much so, uh, you know, if you think about the Patriots and how each week they are attacking your weaknesses. So it can, mm-hmm. it can, it's very, it's, it looks different, but it's all the same. Yeah, it's so shiftable. I, it should, so he just having a, a, a better grasp of that from mm-hmm. week to week, because I was that young for a quarterback when you're not just maybe doing one or two things. And then obviously with that, I think comes then some of the, the things with his accuracy that people talk about, being able to have some touch on the ball. 
when you when you don't have to think about what you have to do, then some of those other things just become more natural. I can okay, I can just put this ball right here. I'm not thinking about okay, where's it going to be? Oh no, it's right here. And then then you end up firing it just right. some out of your natural tendencies that you've just learned over the over your um, you know lifetime playing football. So I look towards that. And the great thing about Josh, unlike some of the the young guys that come out, sometimes he doesn't have an ego. He has a a, a blue collar mindset and a, and a willingness. And the humbleness about him to work on some of the things that people have criticized about him, because when you when you talk to him, he's probably his own worst critic and wants to grow. And that's when you can really know when they, when somebody has it. Yeah, for sure. The Train with the Best podcast from the NFL Combine is powered by Key Two Life Incorporated, makers of Super Coffee, Super Creamer, and now Super Espresso. Starting Friday, March 8th, you can get Super Espresso online at drinksupercoffee.com with the same code, Train with the Best, for the same 25% off. Go to drinksupercoffee.com to find three flavors of this delicious new drink. Comes in a small can and it's packed with a lot of of punch same mcts it's got five grams of protein in just this tiny little can and three shots of delicious espresso in caramel vanilla or original i had some in indianapolis it powered my days it was absolutely amazing i actually think it might just be the best thing that key to life has done yet and if you need energy oh boy that espresso it'll get you energy and remember if you can change your energy you can change the world that is the key to life. So go to drinksupercoffee.com and try Super Espresso or stick with your favorite, Super Coffee or Super Creamer and use the code Train with the Best at checkout for 25% off. All right, that's enough football. This is a training podcast. Um, you, sir, are embarking on a training career yourself, yeah. or at least getting certified. Um, wh- what have you learned so far? I know you just kind of got started with it, but yeah. why, well, first of all, why did you choose to go with the EXO certification, and then and then what are some of the things that you've initially kind of dove into? Well, you know, obviously EXO's is a you know a worldwide brand now. It's been around for for years. Um, you know, I've had some experiences working working with them, training with them, uh, PA partner. Uh, the service the service is free for players, you know, and um, it's just another tool that I can put in my toolbox to help young student athletes as I transition away from the game, as well as continue to help myself and understand yeah. uh, why some things have really worked for me over my, my career or maybe try to find a way I can tweak some things as far as what I do uh, in preparing. And you can you can ask uh, Gores, you know, as I'm going through this thing, I'm like, that that young rookie, or I'm in the Leo. I'm learning new information. Well, what about this, Gorez? Why are we not doing it this way? Or why don't you have this exercises in here? Yeah. You know, as I kind of learn about the 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 pillar or the core, as they call or, uh-huh. as we call it. You know, about different exercises, and so I guess the biggest thing, and that's kind of where I've really started. At, I'm still really in the introduction part of the the certification. Is really understanding. Uh, the why behind a lot of things. And when we talk about the pillar and the core, something that really stood out about about it, because I think just from a uh, general perspective, you think, you know, you do crunches, you got a big yeah. six pack, you're strong. And, oh, you, but really, I mean, the core from our shoulders down to our pelvis is more about transferring and absorbing power. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a different way to think about it. And, and, and it really made me realize or, you know, put things in, in a, in, um, an enlightenment moment I'm like oh this is why Pilates is Mm -hmm. so 
uh, impactful or has been so impactful in my career and my training regimen because that's exactly what, you know, the foundation of Pilates is, is about helping the core connect, transfer power, and also be able to absorb power while you're competing. Oh, without question. And I think the other biggest misconception about the core is that it's just your abs. And your, yeah, right, your yeah. rectus abdominis. Right, right. You know, the, yeah, yeah. I the mean, six bag, pack and, and abs, once you realize pelvis, yeah, hips, it's, shoulders, it's everything. Yeah. And, and you know, how many layers that your abdominal muscles have, like if you don't engage the right ones, and that's been a huge change. I've I've made since I went down to Miami and went mm-hmm. to D V C I made a couple of slight changes in how I do certain things and the engagement I get is just so much better. Exactly. And, and just having that understanding and that knowledge base is, um, you know, just opens up your eyes and not that you're necessarily doing something wrong, but you mm-hmm. can do it better. Right. And that's always, let's figure out the best way, the most efficient way of training. And, uh, and I really love this, this knowledge base that I'm learning from Hexos. Is there anything specific that you're really looking forward to getting to, whether you flipped ahead in the book or you just kind of know like, Oh, I can't wait till we get to, to this kind of movement or how to coach this or whatever it is you know you know i i love running fast so linear speed stuff like that dynamic strength things that's going to help me be able to coach my because really all this is at the i think at the core of this is to put my kids at a at an advantage that i didn't necessarily have or was lucky to have because i had people in my life that were trained in that field be a mm-hmm. part of my life and so to be able to provide that for them but you know you want to be able to run fast baby you know speed yeah. speed is king in my world and, and especially the way sports is really transcended towards that direction. So just be able to have that knowledge base, especially like the speed components really help them. Yeah. And Nexos obviously knows quite a bit about linear speed. They've been teaching the combine prep and been out ahead of that and just human movement in general for a long, long time. Right. Um, what eventually, you know, you obviously said your kids, you want to apply it to yourself. Like, do you want to train athletes? Like what, what, what eventually do you want to do with, with this yeah, knowledge? I think, uh, you know, just kind of thinking ahead, you know, in the next couple of years as I kind of transition away from the game, um, mentoring and giving back is a huge part of uh, my passion. And that's, I think that's why I serve on the, on the NFL PA executive committee and have been a rep just because I like helping the next generation of, of young men in the league. But, you know, outside of football, um, and I mentioned this earlier as far as having people help me out, free services as far as training when I was in high school. I would love to be able to provide that um, to young men and women in, in the area that I decided to live in. We're going to be out in Arizona. And so outside of just saying, well, I played in the league 15 years and I was a great athlete and I did all this change. So you need to work out this way. I want to have some substance to what I'm saying and be able to give them wise and the best practices. And you obviously have to educate yourself. Yeah. On the mentoring side, um, how easy or hard is it to mentor guys outside of your locker room? Because it's one thing to take a Tremaine Edmonds who gets drafted. Yeah. You mentioned how many seniors you have. Right. Not him. Right. You know, he, he's right. a baby coming into the league. I think yeah. he was still 19. Yeah, he was 19. Um, yeah. And so you have a kid like that, and that's pretty easy, logical. Mm-hmm. He's in your position group. But you know, you meet a kid at the combine or you connect with someone. Like, How hard is it to keep up with these guys during the season and, and during your busy life outside of the season? Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard. I mean, it's... I mean, it's almost impossible to do anything like that during the season. And so, like, the off season, and then once I retire, you, you're able to spend or ch- change a lot of your time commitments to now focusing more on helping, you know, young people just because you have more time and availability uh, to do it. Um, and then, obviously, what I've done in the league always solidifies the process of what I choose to do, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, you have to have some type of success, and then that also helps – guys who don't know you outside of your locker room because Tremaine gets to see me every day. Right. So he knows how genuine and and what I actually do. I'm not just talking about it. Um, But guys outside of your locker room, that that other, 
I guess, barrier that you have sometimes outside of time is, well, I don't know you. So sometimes your resume precedes you and the guides are more open to receiving your um, your information or your suggestions that you're trying to help them with. Yeah. Um, I know Chris was tweaking some stuff. Uh, always is, is trying to just get better with your program. What right. are some of the things that you've noticed so far this offseason um, that, that you really – or that are a little bit different than years past and and how's how's the off-season training going so far as you've been in phase one which he he was we talked about one of the last pods that you hate you hate this time of year i I do hate this time of year because it's oftentimes actually no he said phase zero was even worse than this phase zero is the worst because you're talking about movement mobility uh you know you're just doing exercises that take a lot of time and patience and you can't necessarily just grind your way through it because nowhere how fast or how slow you do it it hurts yeah so yeah i'll shoot him a text from time to time and say i, I hate yeah. you <laughs> these things suck uh that's just now to, been yeah. confirmed on both ends on this podcast <laughs> just to just to you know let him know i'm thinking about him and that his workouts are working um but for the most part we have it pretty much dialed in um as far as what we do so we're not really changing too many things um, I don't think he's tweaked too much of what he's done last year. It may be he may change an exercise, but it's yeah. accomplishing the same. Well, it's thing. funny too because like he was posting up the workout on Instagram this morning on right. his story, um, and I was like, I remember this workout. We yeah. I, I did that one with you last yeah. year. So last I mean, night got a little yeah. late for me to join right. you at six thirty right. this morning. Right. But, so if it's know. not broken, it's not necessarily to yeah. fix it. I, you know, I try to when I do the workouts become more efficient in what I'm doing and maybe focus on certain areas um, that I may need a little help on. So I may spend a little bit more time or do a couple of exercises, like especially the single leg stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. really slow down the motion and and really focus on making sure I'm in the right position, my ankles, because I have stiff stuff. And so just really uh, slowing myself down. And so I think from my side, I've probably changed a little bit more versus what the actual workout Mm -hmm. is. How has it been working out without him there in person? I know you you got a yeah. guy you're working with, um, but how how it's, different is it? it it's, it's it's extremely different. So because he can actually watch me, and you know I was even training with a guy in Arizona. He kind of I did Chris Gores's workout, but he was kind of overseeing it. And uh-huh. I think because I'm a professional athlete, he's a little bit hesitant to correct me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm an older guy. Where with Chris, we've kind of grown together mm-hmm. and have that friendship and where he, he'll he tell me something. I might not say, oh, yeah, that, I feel that. But he knows that I'm taking that in, that correction in, and trying to make an adjustment with it. Um, and that's probably the hardest thing, not having him around all the time, is because if I'm not necessarily doing the exercise properly or I may be just sore that day and I may be tweaking, it's hard to have somebody there to say, oh, hey, you need to correct your hips or yeah. try to stick that or just the little things that make you – um, challenge your body even further um, and then also like today we were because uh, last week he was we crushed it on Monday I mean he had all this upper body stuff and my arms literally felt like they were about to fall off <laughs> and so you do the that was my first time really lifting and so I, I, I've just been tight in my chest and like today he could notice that in my movement so he just made an audible and we added some stick uh, mobility in there for your shoulders and then mm-hmm. instead of doing like fly push ups we did reverse fly Mm-hmm. So some of those things where I wouldn't have changed, I would have just done what's on the card just because that's how I'm programming. I can just go through it. Yeah. You know, if I feel tight, well, from his perspective, he's, okay, let's be efficient and be safe about it. And if we have to make an audible, let's let's check it. Yeah. 
and that'll be kind of probably a cool thing for you as you take this certification and, and learn more is like you get to call your own audibles right yeah yeah you know start being my own you know Peyton Manning and, and, and check it <laughs> at the line and, and so that's a, a, another reason why you just want to continue to learn and, and figure out why because sometimes you can do the same exercise a different way but it just a, a, attacks the body a little bit differently my favorite's not the Peyton it's the Jared Goff where he goes oh sorry Sean I couldn't hear you oh <laughs> just, what? well you that's a cow me? guy man you know he's, he's probably smarter <laughs> than his head coach and uh, he yeah, knows Sean McVay's not call, smart you. not at he's all a, he's okay he's okay he's not a cow guy but he's okay mediocre at best yeah you know I was around Sean he, I, I think he gets a little bit too much credit for how smart he is now nah I'm playing yeah, Sean, I'm, Sean is great <laughs> I spent a lot of time around Sean and that dude's taught me more about football than just about anybody else right so. no he's um, really good um do you like when you interact with Chris in terms of the workouts and stuff? What kind of feedback do you give him? Because um, we've he and I talk on the pod about like what it's like to train online or you know, and whether that's formally or just like giving advice or something like right. that. But from the client side of it, what what kind of things do you try to give him? Whether it's video or just text feedback or what it what, how, yeah. what do you guys communicate about? Um, I'll try to do video um, and post, and he may notice something. I know he's done that in the past, where like I said, the guy in Arizona was training me and posted something. And he was like, "Hey, Zoe, you may want to think about this." Um, I've also, you know, uh, and, I, and I think over the years I've, I've learned to trust some of his methods because initially I'm more about just, you know, th- let me throw around some weight. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, why are we not doing? And some of the, so some of my questions have been answered just because I've been with him. So I know what he's thinking in the process that we're going through. Right. So, I, so some things I don't even really challenge him on anymore because I know where I'm going to end up when it's time to peak or when it's time to get ready for the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's done great wonders. So um, for me, it may be more so of um, asking them, making sure I'm doing the exercise right or if there's variations, um, depending on how I'm feeling or, you know, how sore I am or how good I feel. Yeah. Um, he's so good on the video stuff, too. I remember I, I sent him a deadlift once, and he just all of a sudden I get a coach's eye video back, and there's lines drawn <laughs> over the place. He's like, right. just do this, make this, in, you know, an inch here. And I'm like, man, you're so good at this. It's ridiculous. Um for you, last question. Um, what What's the goal this year? Like when you think of, of writing down, I don't know if you, you yeah. set goals like that, but like if you were to write down your goals for the 2019 season, like what what are they? I, I want to win a, a championship. And there's a lot of things that you have to do in between now and then. I think I'm at the, a certain level where I know where I want to be. In it. And, and for me, it's not, a, I don't care about stats and sacks and tackles and, you know, all that. I just want to be impactful and, um, on the field, as far as being disruptive, as I said, and if another guy makes a tackle, great, because we're out there balling together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, want to be impactful in the locker room and help build um, young men um, up and, and allow them to understand what really this platform that we have and um, the resources that we have at our disposal, how to use them properly. And, uh, you know, just how to, you know, just to be a man, because the better man you are, I feel the better football player you are. And all that stuff works together. Um, and so that's that's really my goal: be a great leader, be impactful in the field, and then hopefully be able to lead this organization into becoming a, a perennial playoff team. If not, jump up and surprise everybody and, and win a championship this year. And so that's that's what that's what I always set my eyes on. And after watching, you know, the Super Bowl, I'm like, man, we can beat New England. I mean, I know we can beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about playing consistent football. So I'm just reaching out to the, my, our young leaders, Tremaine and Josh, is like, hey. We can do this. We have to go into the season thinking that we're going to win a championship, not thinking, oh, I need to be, I need to get a little bit better this year or we need to see if we can get to nine or ten wins or even get to the playoffs. We need to be 
thinking we're going to win a championship. And so every day that we are, pre- are preparing or whatever that looks like, we have that in our mind, in the back of our mind. It's win a championship. Because I think teams often sell themselves short um, just based on mindset alone. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we don't have the pieces. You know, even from a coaching perspective, we don't have the pieces. We don't have this right person. If you have a mindset, I mean, because New England is good, obviously, because of Tom Brady. They have some good players. But when you look at them as a totality-wise, the talent level is, is not significantly better than anybody else in this league. But they have an expectation. That playoffs is not even is not. It's just part of the standard. They they know they're going right. To win. They, right. They're not even worried about that. Right. The expectation is to win a Super Bowl. That's the difference between them and the rest of the league. They expect to be there every single year, and they expect to win it. And when you have that type of mindset and that standard in your locker room and the way you prepare, more likely than not, you're going to at least be in a position to be able to compete for one. And that's where I need to help get this locker room together because as young guys, you're not thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about this five years ago with this mindset. Uh And so trying to help expedite that mindset, especially with Josh um, Allen and Tremaine Edmonds because those are the guys that are going to really carry this organization for the next four or five years. And if they have it, it's infectious because they're natural leaders and everybody else around them will start feeling that way as well. As that mediocre coach in Los Angeles is fond of saying, the standard is the standard. Right. If you, hold, you hold it up to that and like, no, this is the standard. There are no excuses. Yep. Magic can happen. Always good to have you. Always good to see you, whether it's on a podcast or not. Always. Appreciate your time, man. All right, brother.